Good morning. I would like to continue my thought on what I shared last time I shared. Be followers of God. You find that in Ephesians 5. Being followers of God as dear children. And then I want to start with verse 15. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husband, husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Wherefore, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hateth his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh." This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Verse 15 says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise. And I was... As I was looking up that word, what does circumspectly mean? Or what's he talking about, walk in that? It means to walk diligently. To walk diligently is to live by the rule that God has given us in his word. He has given us precepts in the Bible, and he wants us to follow those precepts. And if I was to sum up everything that God has taught in the Word to follow after, it would be to love God with all your heart and to love thy neighbor as thyself. Not only are we to walk in that, but we need to embrace that have that become part of our life. It's to live that out, not only on Sundays, but to live it out on Mondays all the way through 
Sunday again and to live his word and to walk in his word and to teach his word and to let that be part of part of my life. It's following exactly and it's doing what he says and not compromising or not taking away his his uh, part of his word. You know, we can say, well, we can take this portion and we can hold it dear to our hearts, but this portion, well, we'll let it slide. But it's the living his life and embracing his teaching exactly the way he has taught us. Always aware of the things that are around us. Always aware of, of what we're doing. And, you know, if, if you... Um, have you ever thought about, you know, is this something that God would approve of in what you're doing? And you say, well, you know, it don't matter. Others are doing it. But yet, does God really approve it? What are your thoughts on it? Seeking diligently yourselves. Seeking it out yourselves. What is this, how is this going to affect me in the next ten years? Is this going to affect my Christian life in the days coming? You know, and I was thinking about this. I think so often we are, um, much of our lives are lived around or by what others say. You know, if someone says, well, we shouldn't do this, then we won't do it. If someone says it's okay to do this, then we do it. Walking diligently or circumspectly is to look into it yourself. Because everyone knows that we're all different. Um, Different hand, different feet, different, we're all part of the body. But yet, um, emotionally we're different. Our, our, um, where did you slip down my mind? Um, so anyways, we're different. And so what affects a bro- me may not affect a brother in his walk with the Lord. So I think that diligently seeking what I feel is truth. And then you can say, well, but what about this? You know, do we just allow everybody to do what they feel is, is truth? Do we just allow what, what um, you know, I, I see no problem with it, so I'll, I'm going to do it. When we know down the road that it's going to affect their, that person's life. He says here, not as fools to walk, but as wise men. To walk as fools is to be careless in our Christian walk. Just doing what we think is right in our own eyes. Doing what we enjoy. Doing what others are enjoy doing. And we, that becomes part of us. And why are we to walk diligently in our walk with him? It's because we are uh, living in the days where the days are evil. And we need to be careful in our walk with him. 
and diligently seek what is truth. Walk as fools is to do things the way we want to do, is to what pleases me, but to walk in wisdom is to walk in a way that we're walking with Christ. Understanding God on his terms. And you read in verse uh, 17, it says the days are evil. But in verse 16, it says to understand. Um, no, 16, it says redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be unwise in 17. Be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And that's what we're seeking after. Or we should be, diligently. What is the will of the Lord? What is God wanting in my life? And I know this is not a a popular thing, and it's actually scary to say it, but it's so true. If you seek after God with all your heart, these things that we focus so much in rules and regulations and people criticizing so on is going to be passed. We won't need that. But the problem is, is we're not seeking God with all our heart. We're not loving God with all our heart. And so we have to kind of keep the the fringes tight to until you come to that point in your life. To walk as fools is to be careless. And I feel a lot of... If you look around the churches today, there's a lot of foolishness in the churches and people are walking as fools. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Time is that on which eternity depends. Have you ever thought about that? That 611,000 hours that you are given in your lifetime is going to determine where you're going to spend Eternity, which there's no, no time. <clears throat> the time that you are living in is preparing you for eternity. Life is not a dress rehearsal. It's real. And when life is over, it's over. Redeeming the time gives the idea of not wasting our times on things that don't matter. So if we're given six to 700,000 hours and we waste half of it, we will not get that back. You know, you can say, well, I, I, I realize and I'm sorry that I wasted the, the first 21 years of my life. I will not get that back, but I can redeem the time and go from here and and live accordingly. So as I am looking at life around me, the opportunity to waste time is unreal. There was a discussion one time at work. Someone commented about, do you watch football, I think is what they said. And, and someone said, uh, I, don't, I feel that's a waste of time. So then the, 
it, it went on from there. Well, what is a waste? What is not a waste of time? And I think one of the workers that I hardly ever hear talk made that comment. Is there anything that's, that's not a waste of time? And in, in this life, there isn't. So we, so Ecclesiastic would, or Sam, Solomon would say, but yet there is. And that has to do with loving God with all your, your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. It's to share, to share the love of Christ. You know, raising a family is not a waste of time. When you see them going on in their life and starting their homes, even though it may seem like it, um, going to church, you may feel like it's a waste of time maybe, but it shouldn't be because it's a time of, of you should be encouraging each other. So what, the things that I do, will this matter in 10 years? So I evaluate that. I pick up my phone. I play a game. Is this going to matter in 10 years? No. If I watch football, is that going to matter in 10 years? No. I probably even forget that they won or lost 10 years. And what about for eternity? Does it matter if these teams win or lose, or I win or lose this game? There's always a challenge, and I think that's part of us that we need to evaluate because there is something within us that wants to do better. And, you know, we play games. We want to do better. We want to win. And we win, finally. And then we want to keep see how long we can do it. Or we go to football games or basketball games because we want to, we want to see them do better than the last time. So um, am I wasting my time? Or are you wasting your time in the things that you do in your life? You can redeem that. Then I would like to go to verse 21. And I know this is unpopular. But this is part of following after Christ. Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So what does that mean? Submitting yourself one to another. Submitting is hupotasso, which means to put yourself under. So how do we put ourselves under? Well, I want to look at Christ. I won't turn to it, so I'll just share um, a little bit, bit, a little bit, because of the lack of time. But when Jesus was at the temple and he was teaching, and his parents were concerned about him, and they came back, um, it says that Jesus came back and Hupotasso himself under his parents, or he put himself under the authority of his parents. And then in 1 Corinthians 15, I think I'm going to turn to that just for the, my sake. 
But 1 Corinthians 15, 27 to 28, it says, For he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in, in all. So God put everything under Christ's feet. And eventually, Christ is still going to be under God. So when we say submit one to another, we kind of forget the part of the fear of God. We forget about that everything that when we talk about submitting is under God. It's not under man, but it's under God. So how do we do this? How do we put everyone under each other here in the congregation and have it work and function normally. I like what uh, Adam Clark says, let no man be so tenacious of his own will or his opinions in matters indifferent as to disturb the peace of the church in all matters, give away to each other, and let love rule. And I think so often that is where a lot of the discord comes. Now, Christ put people in charge, and he did it for a reason. You know, he put... Well, it talks here in uh, verse 15. He puts um, in families, he put fathers in charge of the families. In the church, he, he brought, uh, put leaders in to lead the church. He put government officials in higher offices or in county offices and so on for a purpose. And there's a reason that God did that. Now, he also instructs us how we are to respond as leaders. You know, for, for example, if I go to, if we talk about the leaders of the church, if I would go to 1 Peter 5, verse 2 and 4, it says, Feed the flock of the church which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, but not by constraint. And that word constraint is force. So I don't force you to be under my leadership. It's, it's a, something that, you know, I'm leading the church of Christ. I'm not leading you, but I'm feeding you and bringing you to the knowledge of, of Christ and not trying to get my way and so on, but it also says, neither be being lords over God's heritage. And lords is to have control or dominion. 
So I don't control you. I don't have dominion over you. But he says we are to be servants. And we are to be humble. And if we go to uh, the fathers, you know, we, we are not to be in control. We are not to have dominion over our home. But he says to love. Love your wife. Not provoke your children. But nourish and bring them up in the knowledge of, of Christ. And we do that in, in our way. <clears throat> in chapter 6 of Ephesians, uh, children are to obey. That is a hupakuo, hupakuo, which is same as a hoop is put under, but it's put under in a way of hearing. So a child is not demanded to submit as a wife is, uh, as I demanded, is asked to submit to make things work. But they learn. Children are learning. You're teaching them, and they're, they, they are obedient to you. And then they bring, you know, after a while, the child comes to the... Um, comes to a knowledge of, of who Christ is. And they accept that. And then you teach them in their walk with Christ. And you're pointing them to, to Christ and not to my will and my ways. Our children ought to obey Father's ways because of their love for their Father and, and their Heavenly Father. And I think when a, when a daughter who is put under the, the care of her father, you know, comes to the wedding. It talks about um, a great mystery of leaving father and mother and coming together in one flesh, and that's part of the ceremony, is you're transferring your part of leader to your daughter's husband-to-be. And then it goes on to talk about, in chapter 6 of masters, you know, servants, you should be under your master. Same word is used for that. Learn of them. Be obedient to them. Follow them. And then it talks about how the masters are to treat their servants, and they are to treat them in a way that Christ has treated them. Now I want to look at the... um, the next verse, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now, remember what that, as unto the Lord. So why did God allow that to be? Well, in the Greek um, transcript, it says, Wives, to your own husbands submit yourselves as to the Lord. Are wives responsible to be in submission of other men? And we would say, well, no. I think that would go back 
even if you're married, that would go back to the part of submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God, putting yourselves in honor, preferring one another, lifting another one uh, higher than you, and being humble. So to keep order in the home, God asks the fathers or the wives to put yourselves under your husband's leadership. And how that's done is different in every home because everyone is different. You know, you have homes where it's easy for the wife to just come in and, and do what their husband says. And to others, um, they see areas where their husbands can grow in and they, they push them a little more. But that's okay. That's, husbands are not put into this setting of a wife, one flesh, to be do, uh, dominant, to be... Um, his way or the highway type of. But we are to love as Christ loved the church. And how did Christ love the church? Verse 25, husbands, love your wife even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Have you ever thought that you as husbands are to die to yourself? To give your life for the sake of your wife and for your children. And that is giving up my selfish will. That is giving up my selfish desires. That is giving up things that would distract from a relationship with my family or with my wife and children. You know, if it's things that's taken me away from my wife and children, then I think I I need to evaluate, give up that part of my life so that I can spend more time with them. It is a husband's thinking of the good of the relationship that's going to make your marriage work. It's not always the wife that has to give up, but it's you. It's me. I like the uh, verse 28 says, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Have you ever thought about yourself? We love ourselves. You know, I take care of myself. I'll defend myself to the fullest. I'll protect myself. And I'll provide for myself. And I'll do the best I can because of my love for me. Our wives are put under that. So now you become their protector. You become their their defender. You become their provision for them. I like the way it was said in uh, Philip's translation. Men ought to give their wives the love they naturally have for their own bodies. So think about your love for yourself. 
The love a man gives his wife is the extending of his love for himself to enfold her. Nobody ever hates or neglects his own body. He feeds it, he looks after it, and that is what Christ does for his body, the church. And we are all members of that body. So we as husbands defend, protect, and provide in submitting. Okay, that's the end of that, that quote. Now I want to go on with my thoughts. So we as husbands defend and protect and provide ourselves in giving that, bringing our wives in under that and treating them the same way. In verse 33, it says, Nevertheless, let everyone in you particularly so love his wife, even has himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. I want to go to 1 Peter 3, verse 6 and 7. <clears throat> even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughter are ye, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement? Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So, wives, submit yourselves, put yourself under your husband for that protection. And husbands, love your wives. And wives, honor your, reverence your husband. Look up to him. And then we as men are to honor our wives also is to consider valuable and precious as the weaker vessel realizing that they need us they need our protection may the lord bless the message shall we stand for prayer father we pray that you would Help us to diligently seek your will. And that we would diligently look at our lives as how we are living it. And diligently look at how we are leading the church. And diligently look at how we are leading our families. And how we are submitting ourselves to our husbands. And diligently help us to look as children, are we under our Father's leadership? So we just pray, Lord, that you would bless this message and help us all to be encouraged in our daily walk with you, and especially in our times throughout the week. Are we wasting it on things that have no value? So we just pray for your blessing on each one here. Thank you for them, and I pray that you would anoint their hearts with your love. In Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated.